Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. You have it, if you would please stand on the Word of God. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up, and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking turned into leaping and praising God. He went into the temple with them. The Lord of the blessing to the reading, hearers, doers, and believers of his word. May be seated in his presence. The Jews observed three times of prayer, morning, 9 a.m.-ish, afternoon, 3 p.m., and evening at sunset. And, and during these times, devout Jews and Gentiles who believed in God would often go to the temple to pray. Peter and John were going to the temple Pray. The beautiful gate was an entrance to the temple, not the city, but to the temple. It was one of the favorite entrances that people entered into the temple from. And so many people passed through it on their way to pray. They would oftentimes give money to the beggars as it was considered praiseworthy in the Jewish religion. So the beggar was placed where he would be seen by most people who were on their way to church. He wanted to be near the heavy traffic area. You know how sometimes when you want your business to be recognized, you put it in a heavy traffic area. So the lame man asked for money, but Peter gave him something much better, the use of his legs. We often ask God to solve a small problem for us, but he wants to give us a whole new life and help us all with our issues. 
We may ask God for one thing, but he may respond and say, you know what, I got something better for you. You want money, but I got something that's going to give you eternal life. Spiritual transformation begins with a real visit from the risen Savior. It begins when we invite him in, but a lot of people won't extend the invitation. Jesus said in Revelations 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, not black man, not white man, not gay man, not straight man, not questioning man, if any person, any woman, any child, any human being hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. So Jesus is saying, I will come in, but only if you invite me. I'm not going to barge my way into your life. If you don't want me in it, I'll be waiting right here by the gate. Some people are so busy hiding behind the door of shame. If they can open up the door to all kinds of worldly foolishness, then why not find the time to open up the door to the one who was crucified for that shame? My mama always told me, if you're ashamed of doing it, don't do it. I can't tell you how many years I spent living in shame, trying to hide who I was when I came out as a lesbian. Not going to church, which I absolutely love. I missed it when I wasn't there. My family saw me as a sinner. Some still do. So they didn't want me to bring my sin or my lifestyle to their church. They said I chose to live a life of sin. So they disallowed me to have a relationship with my nieces and nephews who I spent much time with growing up. I remember having an old Volkswagen Super Beetle and I would pile all seven or eight of us into that Super Beetle. We'd be riding like eight or nine deep. Surprised we didn't get a ticket. Going to the skating rink. Hanging out with my nieces and nephews, just loving on them and, and them loving on me. I guess my siblings must have figured that I try to turn them gay or influence them to be like me or something like that. I don't know. But after they grew up and learned the truth about who I was and still is, they were able to overcome the lies and the homophobia that they were taught. See, the problem of today's generation is they were taught to hate. No one is born hating another person. You have to be taught to hate and taught by manipulation at a young age. See, they started these babies hating other folks at a young age, teaching it and perpetrating it like my siblings did. Because you see all these hate groups gather for a cause and they don't even really understand why. They just gather because my friend said, let's go. They don't really understand the real history behind the Civil War. 
See, it's easier to manipulate a young mind because that young mind is just like a sponge, just soaking up everything that they can grasp. But once that mind matures, it can place those learned things into one of two categories, truth and lies. God will always reveal the truth, amen? And he'll uncover those lies with time, every time. So all we have to do is just sit back and be still. Years later rolled ahead and my niece and I were having a conversation because she used to uh, manage my locks. And we sat down and we had a conversation about why they could no longer hang out with their Aunt Shady. That's my nickname. Don't wear it out. And so we began to talk about the struggle that they had with that because their Aunt Shady never tried to advance or never tried to manipulate them to be like me. All I ever showed them was love and gave them advice. And that's all I ever wanted for my nieces and nephews, for for them to grow and be great at whatever they chose to do in life. And so once they became aware of who I really was and what lesbianism was all about, some people call it homosexuality, they begin to say, well, you know, she ain't nothing like what my mom said she was. She's never tried to touch us or violate us in any way. So we don't care what mama say. We love our auntie, and we're going to continue to love on her. You know, you can lie to me all you want or lie to someone else, but God will uncover the truth. And just because I don't say anything about it doesn't mean I don't know. Because God will always bring it to me. And this was years later. I often wondered why that I couldn't hang out with my nieces and nephews anymore. And then God over time, revealed it to me. I didn't hold that against my siblings, and I still don't. I can't blame them for their ignorance. I can only pray for their awareness. See, God can make our lives better. He can fix it. And whatever the problem is, he can fix it in the name of Jesus. So today... I want to share with you three steps to a spiritual transformation. And I'm just about done. So this is going to go pretty quick. Three steps to a spiritual transformation. One is expectation. Two is alteration. Three, revelation. So the three steps to a spiritual, a spiritual transformation are expectation, alteration, revelation. God, I thank you for the words that you have placed upon my lips. 
And I pray, oh God, that these words will speak healing and understanding to those who are listening. And I pray, Father God, that you will lead and guide me through every step of the way, walking through these pages of truth and life. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Sinners fail to realize that God desires to have a relationship with them. And the only way to that connectivity is through Jesus Christ. In John 14 and 6, Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So one must accept God's son in order for them to have that personal and intimate relationship with God. Jesus made a way for God's creation to be reconciled to him, and that was considered a gift. So the only way to get what you need from God is through who? Jesus Christ. See, the church has oftentimes made sinners feel too uncomfortable to even come to church. Maybe feel that sinners are too dirty to approach God in their current status. Feel that they should even come to the church house. The church at large has made sinners feel that they have to clean themselves up before they come to the church. Not necessarily stay when they get there, but just even getting them there is a challenge. You can look holy all you want to in church and be full of hell. So who are you to judge somebody else? At the end of the day, God looks at the heart, amen? He don't look at what's outside. He don't look at these filthy rags. He don't look at our skin. He don't look at our, 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 what's, what's, what we have on. He looks at what's on the inside of our hearts. It's not what we put in our mouths that makes us sick. It's what's in the heart. Have y'all ever passed a homeless person and just thought, hmm, he just want my money. I'm not giving them my money. I'm not going to feed their habit. Am I the only one? Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Talk to me now. Talk to me. I have many times, but God gave me the discernment on when to give and when to refrain. Of course, I've passed them numerous times. And I see them with that bottle right there on the side of them. Thinking, I need some money so I can continue to feed my habit. I'll buy you some food and bring it to you. But I'm not going to give you my money to feed your habit. But I will feed you. Amen? Amen. So maybe the lame man was ignored because the church folk probably assumed that he just wanted their money. Church folk, not Christians, church folk. Peter and John didn't just pass him by. They at least stopped to acknowledge that the man was present. Sometimes we just have to acknowledge people's presence. We don't have to go out of our way stumbling over ourselves to make them notice us, but at least we can let them know, I see you. I see you, son. 
I see you, Candace. I see you, Deirdre. I see you, Sister Marjorie. I see your personality. I see your character. I see your needs. All I can do is pray and ask God in the name of Jesus that you get them accordingly. Peter and John didn't just pass the man by. They actually stopped and acknowledged his presence. There's nothing worse. Have you ever passed somebody going to work in an elevator or getting in an elevator with somebody? And they, they see you, you see them, and they don't part them. They pretend like they didn't see you, like you are a fart in the wind. <laughs> They're so busy, preoccupied with on their phones. They see you look up, get back to them. Good morning, how are you today? Have you ever done that? Have you just made somebody speak to you? At least acknowledge that I am present in the room. Don't just pass me by in the hallway like you don't see me. Show me some eye contact. At least acknowledge the fact that I am a breathing human being. Amen. I'm not a corpse, so you don't have to view me. But see me. Peter and John saw the man. They acknowledged his presence. They got his attention. Peter said, look. You ever said that to somebody? Look! And everybody turns around and looks. He got his attention. He said, look! Silver and gold I have not. But what I do have, I'll give it to you. His name is Jesus. Maybe the man wasn't invited into the temple because he was dirty. It's like having that room in your house that you don't want nobody to go into. You just kind of keep the door closed. Ooh, don't go in there. You don't want anyone in that space because it's just too dirty and nasty and has a foul stench. So you don't want anyone to even knock on the door, let alone Jesus saying, let me in that space. Sometimes our life experiences may lead us to that same mindset that the man had or perhaps could have had making us feel less than worthy none of us are worthy making us feel dirty and nasty and maybe feeling like we have been left with a stench not even worthy for God to even be present but God tells us to approach him boldly so let us come boldly to the throne of grace. There we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we most need it. We can boldly approach God now, y'all, thanks to Jesus. Not out of fear or disrespect, but out of reverence. He's not asking you to clean up your space. He's asking you to let him in so he can help you. Isaiah 1 and 18, God offers the invitation to come through, to come, though your sins are as scarlet. Our sins are many. You know how sometimes people always use the cliche as come as you are. That's not in Bible, but they use that as you know, cliche, come as you are, and, and not how people want you to come. But this scripture pretty much pinpoints that God is saying, 
he offers us the invitation to come. Though our sins are like scarlet, he will make them white as snow. So don't you think it's time to let Jesus sit in that space that you feel is too dirty for him to come in? Sometimes you have to stop and acknowledge the condition that you're in. I have a condition, you have a condition. I don't know what that is. I don't know what all that entails. But whatever the condition is, we have to invite Jesus into that condition so he can fix it for us. He wants to. And Matthew asked Jesus. In, in, in Matthew, the Canaanite woman asked Jesus for help. He had, she asked him for food. He said, I should be taking food out of my kid's mouth to feed you. You're a dog. He said, that might be true, Jesus, but even the dog can eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. I might be in that condition, but I need you to help me out of it. See, the beggar expected Peter and John to give him money, but instead he got something better. He got Jesus. So the first step to our spiritual transformation is expectation. What do you expect from God? Are you expecting anything from him? Do you expect anything from God? God is not pleased with us when we don't have faith in him. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists first. You have to acknowledge God first. <laughs> and then you have to seek him. And then he'll reward you like he did the man. Peter got the beggar's attention. He said, look, I don't have a whole lot of money, but what I do have, I'll share it with you. How many of us is going to share Jesus with somebody this week? Because sometimes that's all they need. You don't have to invite them to church. Just invite them to Jesus. The man got more than what he could have ever asked for. The Bible tells us that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask for. So what would you have chosen? The money or healing? Because the money comes and goes. But healing will give you the opportunity and afford you the opportunity to go out and make some money. What's behind door number one? Don't take the money and run. Take Jesus and walk in eternal life. The man had to make up his mind, though, didn't he? First, he had to expect something from God, and then he had to make up his mind if this Jesus that these people go and pray to, or God these people go and pray to, in the temple three times a day is real. Can he really heal me? Does he really exist? Is God really real? Have you seen him for yourself? Have you experienced the presence of Jesus for yourself? So the man had to have a change of mind before he could even receive his healing. So first he had to what? expect something from God and then he had to alter his thinking. Which brings me to point number two. Alteration. Anybody ever been fitted for an outfit or a garment? 
You have to have it altered, took it and got it sized up according to your physique. I remember when First Lady and I had our Holy Union and she bought a dress and she had to have it altered and she took it to an alterations place and it was beautiful. When I saw her walking down the aisle, I, I, I was verklempt. Became tearful because I hadn't seen her all day and when I did see her, she was this beautiful princess. The garment fit perfectly. So the man's mindset had to be changed. Sometimes you have to have a change of mind. You expect one thing, but you, 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 you get another. So you have to change your mind on how you're going to deal with that. You ask God for, for healing and, and he don't heal you. Then what? Or you ask God for uh, a promotion and, and, and then you get passed over. Or you ask God for another what have you and he don't give it to you. So how are you going to respond? Are you going to be mad at God and just forget about God and go back to your old ways? Are you going to change your mind about maybe God wants something better for me? The man's mind had to be changed in order for him to be offered Jesus. So Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene get up and walk. He didn't say in the name of Peter, because Peter don't have no power without Jesus. The word tells us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength to do it. So Peter couldn't do any of those things without the presence of the Lord. So by the authority of Jesus Christ, the apostles believed in the power of the Holy Ghost that was given to them to heal the begging man. Which brings me to my last step, revelation. Peter and John gave the beggar a better option. He, they didn't give him money, they gave him something that was going to last for all of eternity. But you have to get your mind right in order for God to reveal the truth. And some people are just not ready for the truth. They don't want to know the truth. Revelation comes when your mind is ready for that truth. And some people are not ready. They're too delicate. They can't handle the truth. So they remain in the same condition. A person with an addiction has to first acknowledge that they have an addiction. A person who lies don't even realize that they have an addiction because lying has become their way of life. They lie when the truth will do. Just tell me the truth. Did you take the money or not? Did you break the salsa or not? Did you take that last piece of candy or not? Just tell me the truth because if you lie about something as simple as that, what else will you lie about? Acknowledge your condition before God like that Canaanite woman did, and in the name of Jesus, God will change your condition. The beggar needed healing, but he had to accept God's grace first. He couldn't be transformed without expectation. He had to alter his way of thinking, which brought him to the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, the two Christian folk, not the church people that kept passing and just dropping in money, the two Christian folks, Peter and John, had to get his attention first. They couldn't offer him Jesus without them showing that they were Christians. See, they had to be the example. They didn't just drop off and give him money. They stopped and said, you know what? This man needs some help. Can you give me some money? 
Look, man, I ain't got no money, but you know what? I got something a whole lot better than money. Something that money can't buy. But they had to get his attention first. He had to expect something second. His mind had to be changed. And then he got the revelation that Jesus was real. So Peter gave him the right hand of fellowship. was standing between two jailers. He was a short man. He could have stood between these two giants. Do you know Jesus? Do you, do you know Jesus? Well, let me tell you what he's done for me. There's your opportunity to invite them to Christian discipleship. And that's what Peter and John did as the apostles. They invited the man to Christ. So today I want you to understand that in order for God to really transform you into the person that you were really meant to be, you got to expect something from the first. Amen. And you got to have a change of mind that what he gives you is what he wants you to have and not what you think you need. But what God knows that you need, not what you think you want, but what God feels that you need at the time that you ask for because God is not going to give you too much at one time because you may not be able to handle it. So today I say whatever condition you're in, give it to God in the name of Jesus the Nazarene. <laughs> the man had to expect something from God. Sometimes God don't give us anything because we don't expect anything from him. He says, first you got to acknowledge me. <laughs> I am God. All by myself. And then you got to expect something from me. But don't over expect. Just expect that whatever I give you is what you need at the time you ask. And the man needed to walk. He didn't need money. He needed to be able to be mobile so he can go wherever he needs to go so he can work and earn his living. Where it says if man don't work, he ain't going to eat. I mean, you got to go out and get yours. There's worms in the earth, but they're not going to jump up and say, very deep. The bird has to dig for the worm. Peter helped the man up. He didn't pick him up. He helped him up. All we need is a little help. Amen. Not a whole lot. Just give me just a little bit, and I'm good. I don't want you to do it for 
me. I want you to help me get there. And that's what we're doing with our 21-year-old son. We are now helping him get there. We're not going to do it for him. We're going to help him get there. We're not going to enable him. We're going to help him get there. We're going to offer him Jesus. We're going to help him walk into the church on his own. And not because we're dragging <laughs> I hear a lot of stories how people say, my mama drugged me to church. <laughs> we shouldn't have to drag anybody to the church house. They should want to walk in. <clears throat> Sometimes I, at funerals I hear people say, you're going to either walk in or you're going to be broken. Bird says that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. <laughs> every knee. And that's what the word means. So if you don't do it now, you're going to eventually do it later. <laughs> so you may as well do it what? On your own. Yes, yes, yes. Come in on your own. Don't make people have to force you to do stuff you know you need to do. Do it because you know it's going to help you. And Jesus is right there to do it. Help you. Ask the Savior to help you. Well, comfort, strengthen, and keep you. He is willing to aid you. He will carry you through. So during our spiritual transformation, we have to what? Expect something from God. And we have to alter our thinking. Thinking, he's going to think what I ask for. And then be ready to receive the revelation. You have to be able to receive the truth. You have to be able to receive the truth in order to get it, in order to carry it. And sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth can be heavy. Amen. When I learned the truth about why I couldn't spend time with my niece and nephew, that hurt me to the core of my heart. But I didn't harbor hate in my heart for my sister. Too much to carry. Too much energy. So I had to what? I had to take it. Does it hurt? Yes, it does. But how does it help me to harbor hate in my heart for them? It doesn't. I say whatever you're expecting from God, be ready to receive something above what you expected. I say, do you want to be transformed? Amen. Or are you comfortable being a crippled beggar? Lord God, help us to rise up and walk into our destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, help us to accomplish our goals this week. Help us to invite another person to Christ. Let us be a better example of who Jesus was and is today. <clears throat> 
Guard us, Father God, as we continue to walk this Christian journey, the lot that we have been given, Father God. You will help us to till it, nurture it, grow it, and be strengthened by it. God, we, we trust you to lead us in safe pastures. We trust that you will hold us and keep us and carry us and help us to reach the next level in our spiritual transformation. We ask you, God, to continue to bless us as we continue to do what you have asked of us. We thank you, God, for every opportunity to introduce another soul to Christ so that the angels will rejoice each time one of yours is saved. We thank you that you have given us the strength and the power to heal, Father God. We just have to tap into it. We just have to tap into that gift tap into that nurturing gift to offer those who are lost Jesus. We thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for the word that has gone forth. And we ask you, O oh God, to continue to be with us throughout this day and every day as we arise, as we pick up our matted walk, as we walk with victory, knowing that our condition is temporary knowing that you will one day meet us, come and get us, and greet us with the right hand of fellowship. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.